Good evening. Thank you for coming. It's a little bit better than last night, right? Good, excellent. So this morning we were discussing uh, the requirement both to do a bdika uh, for an eventual sreifa, burning, or a destruction of the chametz. So I have to go and search for the chametz so I can then go and destroy it. And then on top of that, we said that bitul is going to be necessary. I'm going to have to nullify it. I'm going to have to say that it's ownerless and it's ka'afra da'ara, it's worthless to me, so on and so forth. And we discussed why maybe both would be required. And we asked, well, the Mishaburah seems to suggest were it not for these two concerns that maybe I didn't actually mean the nullification or maybe even if I meant it, we're worried because I'm going to have chametz lying around the house and I'm not used to having, you know, typically that's lying around my house and I can eat it and we're worried that during that week you might make a mistake. Said otherwise the nullification should in theory work. And we said, well, hold on one second. Is there an act of mitzvah to go ahead and destroy the chametz or is it just necessary that when Pesach begins, I don't own any chametz? Is it bikum va'aseh, I have to go and destroy the chametz or is it b'shev al as long as I show up and there's no chametz in my ownership, I have uh, fulfilled my obligation. So we suggested if it's about, uh, you know, just showing up and making sure that you don't own any chametz, so in theory, in theory, that nullification would be enough were it not for those two ancillary concerns. But if it's kum say, then we would say, no, you would actually have to go and destroy the chametz. So that was not uh, so clear from the Mishnah He seemed to be indicating maybe the opposite. The Minchar Chinuch actually asked this question. He sets up these two different sides, and he brings many, many practical consequences, many that we've discussed in the past. So the example we gave this morning, if I don't have any chametz, right? Let's say I, I keep a strict gluten-free diet. I never have any chametz in my house. So is there, if there is a mitzvah, maybe we would tell you, we'll go out and buy some chametz so that you can destroy it. That way you will fulfill the mitzvah of destroying the chametz. If we tell you that, no, it's just sheval tasa, you just show up so you don't own any chametz. So good, we would tell you, you don't own any chametz, you don't have to do anything. My father always likes to joke, right? He likes to joke that uh, this time of year and at other times during the year that it's important that he drinks all the alcohol in the house because he has to get rid of the chametz. So is that true? Or let me ask you a crazy question. If I sit down and I eat a sandwich in the middle of July, am I fulfilling the mitzvah of destroying chametz? So again, it may tie tie into these two issues. If there's an active mitzvah to go and destroy the chametz, so there the Torah would probably regulate a specific time when I can fulfill that mitzvah. It's probably not in the middle of July, right? And every time I eat some chametz, I'm fulfilling the mitzvah of destroying chametz. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be fantastic, right? That's not necessarily how it works. Maybe we would tell you only on Erev Pesach, that's when you fulfill your mitzvah of destroying the chametz. But again, if it has to do with just showing up, so we would say, well, you're not going to get a mitzvah anyway, so whatever you're doing, as long as you make it to the beginning of Pesach without any chametz, you're fine. What about mitzvah ha Let's say I find chametz on Pesach. God forbid, we won't let that happen. But let's say I did, and then I eat it. I eat it. I know I have to destroy it, so what's the best way to destroy it? I'll eat the chametz. That's not the best way to destroy it, by the way. But let's say I did. So if it's a mitzvah to destroy the chametz, so we have a concept in halacha, mitzvah haba'aba ve'ran, that we don't want you to perform a mitzvah if it means that it can only be secured, I can only secure that mitzvah through the means of an avira. So here we would tell you, well, you have not, you've certainly gotten rid of the chametz, but you have not performed a mitzvah. Again, if it's not a mitzvah, so again, it's not a good idea to eat that chametz, but we wouldn't have, there's never a mitzvah uh, in play altogether. Min Chachinach always likes to ask. We have a concept in Alachav, chotef mitzvah. Someone steals my mitzvah opportunity, so there's a knas, in theory. There's a fine that they're supposed to pay me, asara zihuvim, 10 gold coins. So let's say someone burns my chametz. Have I fulfilled, have, 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 can I argue, you've stolen my mitzvah, and therefore you owe me this penalty? Again, it should depend on these two issues. What about, it, we have a concept in Halakha, right? Mishnah in the second paragraph of Masach Kiddushim. Mitzvah bo yoter mi It's better that you perform the mitzvah than setting up an agent to do it. Well, 
anytime, and I, we talked about this in the past, anytime we go to Brin Lechamit at Green Road, there's always some kid, he's like 12 years old, he's like completely, his face is black from all the ash because he's been standing over the fire, and he says, excuse me, sir, I need to take the chametz from you, it's just not safe for you to put it in the fire. Thank you very much, Mr. 12-year-old, who knows how to handle the fire better than I do. So I hand him my chametz, and now he burns it for me. So have I fulfilled the mitzvah or not, right? Mitzvah bo yoter mi If it's a mitzvah, it's better that I put it in there, even though it's a safety hazard. If it doesn't make a difference, I just need to make sure that all my chametz is gone. So very good, I can go and handle it to him. Or what about the idea of appointing a shaliach? In general, when we ha- I have an agent do a mitzvah for me, so there's a formal appointment that needs to take place, what we call a minoy shlichut. I have to make, sh- make sure that I say, you are being appointed as my agent, like we'll do, God willing, when we sell the chametz. You appoint me as your agent to go ahead and sell the chametz on your behalf, right? And we even do like a fancy Kenyan. I pick up the pen. You guys remember this, right? So do we have to do a formal minoy shlichut or better yet? Let's say that 12-year-old kid, he's not yet bar mitzvah. Can he serve as a shaliach? So it's interesting. When it comes to the halachot of shlichut, in tip, uh, typically we would say, well, it depends on the nature of the mitzvah. If the mitzvah is more uh, what we call ma'aseh focused, focused on the action, so then we would tell you that mm, you got to make sure you have a shaliach who themselves can perform that action. If it's what we call ikro bitotza'ah, we care much more about the poliote, about the result, so then we would say you could appoint anyone, right? So let's say, for example, we know there's a mitzvah, I have a roof, so I'm supposed to build a fence around my roof. So what's the concern over there? Do I have to be the one who goes and builds the fence? I don't know how to build anything. I can barely put up a sukkah, the prefab sukkah, right? So building a fence on top of the roof, that's bad news, right? So can I hire someone to go and do it for me, right? Let's say someone who's not Jewish. So there we say, yeah, because the key there is the result. We want to make sure that people don't, God forbid, fall. So as long as you get a fence up, you're good to go. So what about the mitzvah of burning the chametz? If it's a formal mitzvah, maybe we would argue, right? It's bekumvah, say, go and you do the action. So then you need to appoint someone who could actually do it and giving it to the kid aside from mitzvah bo yotermi bishlucho, right? But that it's better for you to do it than to have an agent do it. Maybe the kid literally cannot help you fulfill that mitzvah because he's too young, right? Or if someone's not Jewish, who puts it in there, right? But if we just say, no, you just got to get rid of the chametz, so then it may not uh, make a difference. So we came up with like many, many different practical consequences. And it all boils down to this issue. Does the Torah want me to actively go and destroy my chametz, or do I just need to show up to Pesach without any chametz? We try to be, uh, fulfill both uh, requirements, right? So we'll try to make sure that we go ahead and we bring the chametz ourselves as well, at least something. Uh, that way we uh, take care of all the different opinions. But again, if you're interested in like 15 more uh, practical consequences, please come see me and I'll provide them to you. Rabbi